Welcome to the Caring Advisor Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Elizabeth Brickman, the Caring Advisor. Would you like to experience financial happiness? As a former finance professional credentialed in biblical finance, I want to help you close the gaps, heal the hurts, and put God at the center of your finances. On today's episode, I am joyful to welcome back to the studio retired chaplain Marilyn Lucian. Hi, Marilyn. Hello again. Thank (laughs) you so much for being here. My pleasure. On another episode, we aired an exciting story of a truly miraculous insurance event that happened to your family. But I would like today for us to do a kind of prequel. What happened beforehand? And the reason I would like to do that is that many of us think that the finish line of our God story is when something difficult or terrible happens or when there's an obstacle. And financially speaking and spiritually speaking, That is not the end of our story. It is merely a mile marker in a long story. And so you're going to tell us a story that will relate to some Christians who feel that they have been unjustly treated, that they have been swindled, that they have been dealt an unfair deck, and feel like there's no possible hope going forward and feel frustrated and angry, and they want that bitterness to just seep in and become part of who they are. Maybe they think that that's the wise thing to do, to be jaded and and cynical because of what has happened. But your story is going to show that God can take circumstances and use those circumstances, weave those circumstances into a pattern for good that ultimately results in miracles. So we already know the end of the story from the prior episode. If you're listening today and you haven't heard it, you definitely want to listen to that first. And now we will do the prequel. So Marilyn, tell us what happened to your husband, Bob, when you had five young children. Okay. I want to tell you that uh, Bob went to work for this construction company in Orlando. And he was there for two years. And this company wanted to break into South Florida. This was years ago. Mm -hmm. And so they sent my husband and one other man, key man there, down to begin drywall in South Florida. And so we moved here in 65. So to begin the drywall business. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of it was stucco Mm -hmm. back then. Mm -hmm. So they came. They were successful. It was really going well. And we lived in plantation, and we've been in plantation ever since. Mm -hmm. And for our, we have a national audience. So plantation is a suburb of Fort Lauderdale. In Florida. Which is lovely. Yes. That is correct. Well, plans went well along really well until they decided that they wanted my husband and another, they're both named Bob. Mm-hmm. It's Bob and Bob. Mm-hmm. Hello. <laughs> I know. Uh, they wanted to sell this part of the company to them. 
and they were actually under contract. So your husband was going to now be a part owner of this company. That's correct. But instead, because of a because of their uh, uh, questioning the reliability of the other Bob, mm-hmm. they decided to nullify the contract and instead fired them on the spot. Oh my goodness. So there's your husband having moved here to start up a company and now having the chance to own a piece of that company and the 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 uh, enterprise that he started up and because of another person your husband now gets fired. He's out of a job. That's correct. So we've been here now 8 or 9 years. At that point. At that point. Mm-hmm. The problem well, that was devastating mm-hmm. for one thing to all of us, of oh, course. Yeah. But the other problem was that because it was construction, mm-hmm. and by now it's like 1974, mm-hmm. there was a recession yes. going on in this country. What is the first thing you don't do? Right. Build. New buildings. Right. That's right. And so it was the very worst time for him to go into business for himself. Oh. And, you know, people think that um, when COVID hit, it was the worst time to go into business, but there have been a lot of worst times in history when people were forced into circumstances for survival, and it was just the worst time. So what happened in this worst time? There were two men that worked for him, and they would, we are, the office became our house. Mm, now that's in the so, day before people worked at home. Just to yes. just to refresh our younger audience, <laughs> there was no email, there were no cell phones. If you worked at home, you were really in an isolated environment with maybe one landline, correct? That is correct. <laughs> and guess who was the secretary? <laughs> Me. Yeah. <laughs> I typed all of the proposals. Aww. I took all the phone calls, you know, Aww. so I was totally involved. But what I haven't told you yet, Elizabeth, yes. is that the day after Bob announced that he'd been fired, but that he was opening his own company, I found out I was pregnant <laughs> with number six. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. So this was a really difficult time. Oh, and you now had three men in the home, <laughs> right? Bob and the two men working for him. That's right. Plus five children, plus pregnant with number six, plus you. And yeah. I don't know how many bathrooms you had, but I'll bet it wasn't <laughs> enough. <laughs> we we only had two. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, it was hard for me because, well, you know how women are when they're pregnant. I mean, like, <laughs> we're always accused of being so emotional, I think, maybe because it's true, you oh. know. So, I, I, I heard every negative aspect. I was, I was totally involved mm-hmm. in the company. But Bob was a protector as well as provider. So he really didn't let me in on the bottom line Mm -hmm. of where our family was financially. Mm -hmm. So then 
along came little Todd. <laughs> and so a year and three months, we, we went a year and three months without an income. That's unbelievable. So let's pause there and consider how few of us are equipped to sustain that. And as I always like to tell you, cash flow is so important. It doesn't matter if you have a million dollars in in investments, if you don't have several thousand dollars sitting in cash in a money market ready to be your emergency fund, you can be in a very impoverished state very quickly. Um, as a, an advisor, as I was for 25 years, I saw this again and again, people who over-invested and under-prepared with cash flow. Now, in your case at that point, you probably didn't have investments or cash flow, but I just want to not miss the chance to tell people to always have cash flow. I think you need at least three to six months of what it would take to sustain life, which might be in the bag. That might be you know, a mortgage payment, some food, utilities, um, sure. uh, payments to Apple and to the, uh, the internet company that you're using. But, um, but if you are not working, it's really the same thing because you never want to be in a situation where you have to pull money out of savings during a market downturn. I know my brother who has been on this show many times, uh, for his clients, he likes to have for retirees one to two years income kept in cash. That allows him to be more aggressive in the stock market investing, and this way nobody gets hurt. But I digress. Let's go back to you. It's now one year and three months that you haven't had an income, and what happened next? So I have to tell you that during that time, honestly, there were there was money coming in that should not have come in. Mm. There were there was money we'd forgotten about, and people paid us back, oh. and they didn't even realize our situation. But the big thing was, you know, Todd was a tag along. I mean, he came along much later. Mm. So our oldest son was getting married, mm. and we didn't have the money to give him a decent, you know, oh, our part. Yes. But there was an elder in our church who came over to my husband on the patio and gave him a check. And he said, my son just got married, and I know how much it takes. Consider this a loan without interest and pay me back when you can. All of these years later... You are still remembering and giving thanks to God for this man's gift. If you want honor, you don't need to try to earn honor by some uh, showy, uh, self-serving purpose. If you want honor, humble yourself and give to someone without ever thinking you may get it returned. The Bible says that the the good among us loan and do not expect necessarily a payback. And this loan was of no interest, an interest-free loan from a friend. You know, uh, this is not something that this man would have been able to take on a tax return as a deduction. This is a beautiful gift before God. 
continue. That's true. This man was an elder at our church, and Bob was an elder Mm -hmm. at our church. But we weren't close friends. Mm -hmm. It was the Lord's provision. Wow. I know. That's God math when that money comes in. And so what happened next? Okay, so what I didn't know, because Bob had protected me Mm -hmm. as long as he could, Mm -hmm. was that we were about two months from personal bankruptcy. Oh, my. And he finally decided, you know, I need to give up on my dream for the moment Mm -hmm. of having my own company. And he was hired by a construction company out of Nebraska forevermore. And so we did not have to declare bankruptcy and little by little regained our financial strength. But so now it's about maybe two years later. Okay. So I'm at the kitchen sink, I'm washing pots and pans or something, Mm -hmm. and Bob comes up behind me after work, and he says, you know, so-and-so, and and he named uh, a man on staff, Mm -hmm. and I said, yes, and he said, he really needs needs some money, Mm -hmm. and I said, okay, and he said, so I gave him Mm $5,000, and he, he couldn't see my face. Inside, I'm thinking, $5,000? Are you crazy? Our kid's only two years old. We almost went into bankruptcy, and you know this guy will never pay you back. (laughs) But what I said was, he couldn't see my face. (laughs) Well, honey, if you really think that's what you should do, then okay. Mm. I mean, some of these... Things that he did. <laughs> but see, because he was such a giver. Now, this, I hope this is okay for me to say. Because by the time my husband died, I didn't realize, I hadn't done the math, mm-hmm. but we were giving to the church 66% oh, of his income. Oh, Marilyn. And our accountant, who was a good friend, he said, now, do you want to continue giving the same amount? And I said, well, I guess so. And he said, I don't think you realize, (laughs) you know, the percentage, but you really cannot outgive God. That's all I have to say. And on that note, I don't think we can top it. If you would like to hear the rest of the story, please check our other podcast, with special guest Marilyn Lucian, retired chaplain. These are stories that are the essence of God's nature and character and provision. And I am so grateful to know you and call you friend. And Lord God, I am so grateful to know you and call you my father. Thank you, (laughs) Marilyn. And Fred. (laughs) Thank you, Marilyn. Thank you, Elizabeth. Bye for now. Let's continue our conversation. Subscribe and be notified when the next episode airs. And if this has helped you find financial happiness, please share it. Let's close the gaps, heal the hurts, and put God at the center of our finances. Come visit me at elizabethbrickman.com, where subscribers receive additional content. And thanks to my co-producer and audio engineer, Tyler Harrison.